Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. In this video, I am going to share the exact strategies that I use personally to recover from burnout. And I hope they help you navigate your own journey so you recover a lot more quickly than I did and don't make the same mistakes that I did. So before we dive into these strategies and the things that really personally help me recover from burnout, I just want to give you the heads up that there's going to be a second video in this series, just because I have so much to say about this topic. And it really wasn't one single thing that helped me recover. I mean, it wasn't even two or three things. It was probably a dozen things that made the difference. So I wanted to split it up in two different videos. And then also just to give a shout out to the first video in this series where I get into detail about my own personal story and some of the symptoms that I experienced and some of the mindset changes that I had. So definitely check out that video if you missed it. And I would love for you to take a second to like this video and subscribe so you don't miss the second half of this video series. Okay, so the first thing that I really think made a difference for me personally, and this might resonate with you. I'm a bit of a workaholic. I really enjoy working for the most part. I love running carrots and cake. I love Love all the different things that I get to do from day to day, but working too much, it's almost like too much of a good thing. And I was spending an insane amount of time on this business. So I was working Monday through Friday. I was working on the weekends. I was working early in the morning. Like I was getting up at like three or four in the morning because I had blood sugar issues and couldn't sleep, but you know, decided to get up and just put in a few hours of work. So I was working all the time. I had a lot on my plate as far as writing a book, running a business, going through a certification. I had so many different things going on that I just worked all the time. So setting some boundaries around my work was huge because at that point in my life, there were no boundaries. I was on my phone all the time. I was answering emails at nine o'clock at night. I was replying to emails at three in the morning. Like I was such a lunatic when it came to work. And again, I enjoy work and I do find like a lot of self-worth from work. So we'll talk about, you know, digging into some of the mindset and core values and things like that in a second. But I, I just worked all the time. So one of the things that really helped me was setting almost like office hours for myself. So somebody who works from home, I make my own schedule. I literally could work all day long if I wanted to. I mean, within reason. I mean, I have to take care of my family and my son and my dog and things like that. But I really could work as much as I wanted to. So I set specific hours for myself. So now I work 8.30 to 3.30 and 3.30 is my stop time because that's when my son gets off the bus. So I literally shut down my laptop, put it away, and I'm in mom mode, mom and wife mode for the rest of the night. Um, and it's not to say that I occasionally work early in the morning or you know reply to some emails on the weekend or something like that, but I don't work nearly as much as I used to. I mean, oh my gosh, 
so many hours of work, so many hours in front of a computer. I also do things like in the evening, I will put my phone on airplane mode and put it in a different room so I'm not distracted by it or tempted to be on it because I was that person on my phone all the time. And I mean, it's part of the job a little bit as far as being, you know, an influencer on social media and things like that, replying to clients and things like that. But I just learned that I needed some sort of boundaries because I was just working all the time and it was just way too much. And nowadays I am a lot better sticking to those boundaries. So like I was saying, like at 3.30, I am done for the day. And I would say probably by like five or six o'clock at night, my phone is away. So I really do kind of cut myself off from technology. And my team knows that, you know, I go MIA at night. I really try not to work on the weekends. I mean, occasionally things pop up at the weekends, but I do my best really to unplug. The next thing that was super important as far as recovering from burnout was starting therapy. And I started therapy right before the world shut down as far as the pandemic goes. And I was lucky enough to find a therapist who was virtual. And this virtual relationship has been amazing for the last almost three years now. She has been amazing and she has really helped me dig into this workaholic personality, this type A personality, a lot of the things that were driving me to work so much. So I have really, really dug into a lot of these core values that come from my childhood, as far as tying my self-worth into my job and achievement and how much money I make. It has made me more aware of why I am so hard on myself and why I expect so much of myself all the time. And it really has changed my perspective. I mean, I still strive to be my best and whatnot, but I feel like I'm a lot more relaxed and I do take care of myself. Cause there were a lot of times that I felt like I needed to work more. I needed to do more, more, more in order to be worthy or to make sure that the business wasn't going to fail. So there was a lot of these like mindset shifts that I had to make, but talking to my therapist weekly on the regular made such a difference. And related to that, I really started journaling, writing down some of these thoughts, processing, you know, things that happened in my childhood or, you know, values that I had around work and money and perfectionism. And honestly, like, I want to say I transitioned from being that type A personality to kind of like a type B plus personality. And I feel like it's been really good for me. I just feel like I'm not so wound up. I'm a lot more relaxed about things. You know, it's not the end of the world if something goes wrong at work. I've really just come a long way as far as how I deal with all the different things that I try to do and expectations for myself. So just emphasizing that therapy has been amazing for me. I really do feel like a different person. And when I do have some of those bad thoughts or I find myself falling into old routines and old patterns where I'm working all the time or, you know, trending towards burnout again or something like that, I have strategies from therapy to get me out of it. So I don't go down those deep, dark rabbit holes of being super duper stressed and the boundaries, like I mentioned, have been amazing because I know when I'm in a busy time of work, I still need to rest. I still need to set some boundaries. And honestly, like 
realizing that I am a better human when I have rest and self-care in my life. Like I'm better at work. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm just more balanced and happy in general. So this therapy stuff has made such a difference. And I encourage you, if you've been thinking about it, you're considering it, find a therapist. I really do feel like it's life-changing. And I mean, at this point, a lot of it can be done virtually. It makes it really easy. But yeah, if you're somebody who is really struggling in this burnout phase, like you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, I think a therapist 100% could be a good step. The next thing that made a really big impact on my burnout journey or recovering from burnout journey is functional testing. And this is part of the reason I became an FDN practitioner and why I love functional testing so much. So, so prior to my burnout experience, I worked with an FDN practitioner on hormonal issues and ulcerative colitis, but she ran a Dutch test for me, which we run in our practice now. And the Dutch test is a hormone test, but it also looks at your cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And on that test, I saw super high cortisol. Like it was really elevated. And a lot of times when we see elevated cortisol means that the body is stressed. And I saw that test you know, the data went into my brain and I 100% ignored it. I went on for years, crushing my body, doing all the things, running businesses, being part of software businesses. I did so many things during this time where I had high cortisol. I literally made zero changes. And becoming an FDN practitioner, I have learned that high cortisol eventually becomes low cortisol. And that low cortisol is really burnout. Like your body just gets to a point where it can't keep pushing out that cortisol and you end up with low cortisol. And that that's really like long-standing stress. So years later, I ran another Dutch test and I saw low cortisol on that test. And that's where I had that aha moment. Your body is really, really stressed. So saw the high cortisol years later, saw the low cortisol. And that really was kind of the nail in the coffin. Like your body is 100% in burnout phase. I was having the blood sugar issues. I gained weight overnight. I was waking up in the middle of the night with low blood sugar. Like my body was a disaster, but having that functional testing really was what I needed to actually make changes. Just seeing it on paper in black and white, for some reason that low cortisol was the OMG. <laughs> I have really crushed my body. I really need to make some changes. I mean, obviously the symptoms and the weight gain, that was driving the motivation to actually make changes, but seeing it on a test was 100% helpful as far as actually making changes. Another thing I did during this time that's also related to this functional testing is I started to pay more attention to choosing foods that really nourished my body. I mean, I came from that diet culture world, you know, under eating, eating processed food to quote unquote hit my macros, you know, eating food that just wasn't super nutritious. It was low in calories, but low in calories doesn't automatically equal nutritious or healthy for your body. So I was that person who focused on the diet food for a really long time. You know, I was trying to lose weight. So I was eating things like the light and fit yogurt, kashi, fiber one bars, low calorie noodles, like weird diety food like that, which 
I don't think was doing me any favors as far as nourishing my body. But during this time, I ran an HTMA test, which is a hair tissue mineral analysis, which gives us an idea of what is going on with the minerals in your body. And I saw a four lows pattern, which is essentially your body is depleted. It is low in the four macro minerals. And when you're stressed out, your body loses minerals. And so when I ran this test, it 100% said your body is super duper depleted. And to fix that, you need to seek out nourishing food. So I really changed my approach to eating all this like processed diet, low calorie food to honestly looking for the most nourishing foods. And a lot of them were whole foods. So I started to eat a lot more red meat. I mean, I was eating ground beef every single day. I mean, I still probably eat ground beef every single day, but red meat, super duper nourishing, eating squashes and more fruit. And I got into the adrenal cocktail and started paying attention to my electrolytes. Electrolytes are literally the spark that your cells need to work properly. So I started getting more salt and potassium in my diet and really just focusing on foods that nourish my body and stop paying attention to like calories and diet food and stuff like that. But I can honestly say, paying attention to what I was eating, paying attention to the minerals and the vitamins and the nutrients that my body needed made me feel so much better. I can honestly say I got my spark back and I think a lot of recovering came from picking the right foods and nourishing my body properly. And of course, what goes hand in hand in there is making sure I was eating enough. So even though I had gained some weight during this time that I wasn't super happy about, I continued to make sure I was consuming enough calories because honestly, under eating during this time when your body is in burnout is probably going to cause more stress. Like my thyroid went wonky during this time. Like my hormones were a mess. And honestly, like under eating is just adding so much more stress. So I made it a point to make sure I was consuming enough calories, enough protein, and really focusing on foods that were, you know, high in magnesium, high in potassium, high in sodium. But yeah, like nourishing my body was a top priority. And finally, you probably knew this one was coming if you watched the first video in this series is that I stopped all high intensity exercise. So quit orange theory, <laughs> shout out to my video about why I quit orange theory. You can get all the details, but stop that high intensity exercise. It was just too much stress on my body. So I had cortisol issues. So adding high intensity exercise was just, you know, it was almost like beating a dead horse. <laughs> Like I didn't have any more cortisol to produce. My body was in that advanced burnout state. So instead of doing high intensity exercise, I just stuck with strength training and I was probably only strength training twice a week, maybe three times a week. So I really took down the number of workouts that I did, the time I devoted to working out. I used to work out anywhere from four to six days a week. So I went to, from four to six days a week to two or three workouts a week. It was quite the transition and it was really hard at times because I was that person that felt like if I stopped working out, I was gonna gain so much weight and lose all my progress. But honestly, that's what I needed to do during that time. And the great thing about it is that I slowly started to lose weight. <laughs> because my body wasn't so stressed. So doing less actually made a difference, but I focused on strength training two to three times a week. And then I just went for walks around my neighborhood. I mean, any chance that I had to go outside, get some fresh air, walk the dog, or just do a, 
walk with a podcast or something like that. I was all about it. Like walking is so good as far as mind, body, and soul and walking, unlike high intensity exercise doesn't drive up your cortisol. It's movement. It can help as far as blood sugar balance goes and whatnot, but it wasn't stressful on my body. So no more high intensity exercise for me. I really focused on the strength training as far as building muscle and then simply walking. And that was it. One more thing to add about cutting back on my workouts, because this was definitely a fear of mine where I was going to gain all this weight and lose all my progress. And initially I didn't really see too, too many changes. And I was super worried about gaining even more weight at that point, but over time, focusing on that strength training and not crushing my body with high intensity exercise and getting my blood sugar under control, I started to build muscle and I did see the shape of my body start to change. Like I started to put on more muscle. I started to feel better during my workouts where I wasn't super sore for like days and days afterwards. I didn't need a nap after my workouts. Like within honestly, probably like six weeks, just cutting back on that amount of exercise, I started to feel better. So if you're somebody that's like nervous about cutting back on your exercise, like give it, you know, four to six to eight weeks and just see how you feel. You might be surprised that you start to feel better and you know, you don't blow up overnight. You don't lose all your progress. Things actually might change for the better. And it's really hard to make that transition. I mean, I was there too. I mean, we are programmed that, you know, you got to exercise more. You got to eat less. Like that's the way to lose weight. And I was literally doing the opposite. I was eating more, exercising less, and it was so counterintuitive and it really was scary, but things were fine. I mean, at first nothing really happened <laughs> with my body. And then I started seeing those positive changes. And yeah, as the months progressed and the years progressed, got back to my old body shape. I got back to my old workouts and everything. I mean, obviously it took time to get there, but just giving you a little encouragement to give it a try. I mean, what's the alternative? Is the alternative to keep crushing your body, to keep gaining weight, struggling with blood sugar issues and being super duper frustrating? I mean, like this is the option to recovery. So just wanted to add that in there as far as the exercise piece goes. So, you know, I'm somebody who loves fitness. I loves exercise. And that was probably the hardest part for me making this transition to recovery, but it was really, really important. And I just want to emphasize that. Okay. So just to wrap up here, when it comes to recovering from burnout, it's never one thing. So I have some more strategies, tips and tricks and things that I did coming in the next video. So make sure you take a second to like this video and subscribe so you don't miss it.